Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Van Maren Show on LifesightNews.com. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today we've got an exciting guest. Those of you who have been following along with the show regularly will remember our conversation some time ago with Claire Colwell. Uh, Claire Colwell is one of a handful of abortion survivors, those who have actually survived the abortion procedure and lived to tell the tale, who is frequently on the speaking circuit and telling her story. We've had three abortion survivors on this podcast in the past. Uh, Claire Colwell's story is, is somewhat different because although she survived the abortion, the abortion intended to kill her did kill her twin. Now she's actually written a book, a biography, a memoir called Survivor, an abortion survivor's surprising story of choosing forgiveness and finding redemption. It's by Claire Colwell, along with Lois Raby and Steve Raby. The foreword is by Abby Johnson, who's also been on this show in the past. Just to give you a little idea of, of what survivors like, the blurb says, an abortion survivor and leading pro-life spokeswoman tells her inspiring and sometimes surprising story of redemption, healing, forgiveness forgiveness and offering grace and support, not shame, to women facing the most difficult decision in their lives. Lila Rose, president and founder of Live Action, uh, who recently came on the show to talk about her own book, Fighting for Life, said Claire's heart-wrenching and inspiring story is exactly what our world needs today. So without further introduction from me, here is my conversation with Claire Colwell, abortion survivor and now author of the memoir, Survivor. Okay, just to start off, tell the listeners a bit about your book. Those who have been listening to the podcast consistently will know you've been on this show once before to kind of talk about your story. But now you've come out with this new book. Tell us about that journey, how you decided to write it. Just, yeah, give, give us the background on Survivor. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, I just wrote my book, Survivor. It just came out. I'm really excited about it. The biggest messages are um, redemption and forgiveness and hope uh, because I met my birth mother 12 years ago and found out that I survived her abortion that successfully aborted my twin. And so it's kind of my journey of um, what led me to that point of being an adopted child and how I was raised and how um, how my parents raised me, prepared me for this shocking moment of finding out that I had survived this abortion and that I was rejected and unwanted, even aborted. And uh, then the aftermath of that, just kind of my journey of trying to find my place in this world that doesn't necessarily want me to exist, that doesn't want to hear a story of someone who actually survived an abortion because it shows the humanity of that unborn child. And so I hope it encourages people because the thread throughout my life has just been that God has been with me and he's known the bigger picture even when I don't. And he has made something good out of something that was meant for evil, something that harmed and hurt me. And, um, you know, that can be everybody else's story too, that God wants to meet us in the trenches, but he also calls us to stand for truth. And um, I, I hope that people will be encouraged to do that. 
So when when you started to write Survivor, how did you choose which parts of the story to keep in and which parts to keep out? Because the story of surviving an abortion is a pretty rare story. There's yourself. I know uh, Melissa Odin has also written a book. There's a handful of you, but obviously uh, the abortion procedure is incredibly effective. So there are very few. How did you decide how to tell that story? Well, actually, what I've learned is that surviving an abortion is not rare. Um, I survived the most commonly used late-term abortion procedure today, which is a D&E abortion procedure, which dismembers the baby's body limb by limb. Um, And we have actually connected with the Abortion Survivors Network, which is run by Melissa Oda and has connected with almost 400 abortion survivors. But like me, I didn't find out till I was 21 years old. And so there are probably, uh, well, we don't know how many there are um, who just don't know their story because they were either adopted um, or they were raised by their biological parents and their parents have not um, told them what actually happened because it's so hurtful and and maybe even shameful. And so uh, I took the pieces of my story that I felt really spoke the loudest to um, uh, how my parents raised me, what got me to this point, um, the things that I feel like could encourage and uplift other people, but also open their eyes uh, to what abortion is, what it does, how it's affecting our, our culture and society today. Because these are things that I never thought about. When I learned that I had been affected by abortion, I thought the person who's been affected by abortion will never be me. And I had never heard of or thought about the fact that a baby could actually survive an abortion procedure. And then when I sat face to face with my birth mother, I realized, oh my gosh, the person who's been affected by abortion is not only my birth mother, but it's me and it's my family and it's my children. And so it, it really opened my eyes. And so that's what uh, the stories that I picked for this book. And it's so much more than just my survival story. Um, it's, it's the past uh, 33 years of my life of how God has had his hand on my life. Um, but also just these shocking moments that led me to be willing to step out of my comfort zone and stand for truth and talk about what abortion is and what it does so that um, mainly so that Christians will open their eyes and say, I've had enough. And so, um, yeah, it's incredible. It has lots of stories to share. So when you when you say that abortion affected your life, now almost all the listeners will know, and they just heard you mention at the beginning of the show here that that you survived an abortion and your twin did not. When you're sitting across from your birth mother, of course, she was she was affected by abortion because she lost one of her children to abortion, and abortion deeply affected the relationship uh, with, with with you. How would you describe the impact of abortion on your life to somebody who's unaware of your story? Uh, abortion has affected every single part of my life. Um, I I lost my twin, who would have been probably the closest person to me, just from what I know about twins, from twins that I've met over the years. I'm sure you and every single person listening knows somebody that's a twin and knows what kind of bond that is. And so um, I am missing basically like my right arm, you know, and 
uh, abortion affected me because I looked into my birth mother's eyes and I saw the pain that she had experienced and that affected me. Um, It motivated me to forgive her. It motivated me to stand on stages across America to fight for her and for women like her. And uh, her tears are what, what have, has driven me over the past 12 years. And as I mentioned, I am a mother. And so the, the domino effect of abortion, the reality of abortion is so much bigger than just that one choice, than just that one moment of having an abortion. It never just affects that woman. And I saw that the day that I became a mother, I, um, realized that my daughter's life is a miracle and that she wouldn't be here if I hadn't survived my birth mother's abortion. And so abortion um, has affected me in in so many different ways. And I I can't say that any of them have been good, uh, but God has created something good out of something that is so painful. And so I'm grateful for that. When you look uh, at your story, and so I, your your book is really really fascinating, and I think one of the reasons it's so fascinating is there's so few of them. I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, there are three books by abortion survivors now, which would be yours, Melissa Odin's, and Gianna Jessen's. That's um, correct. So this is this is a uh, even if if being an abortion survivor isn't rare, you mentioned uh, over 400 people have connected so far, and there are others. Writing the memoir is very rare because there are only three available uh, books that tell the story of what it's like to survive an abortion and what life might look like, or three versions of what life might look like afterwards. And I note that all three of uh, you who have written books uh, thus far um, are women. To give people sort of a synopsis uh, of the story, because I sense all three of you wrote the story for more or less the same reasons, because to have survived an abortion is to, like that itself is, is incredible. It's a triumph. Um, it's, 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 it's dealing a defeat to an industry that succeeds millions upon millions of times a year. And so give us a, a bit of an idea for those who need to be introduced to the book of, of your story. And again, those of you who are listening, who want a really in-depth version of Claire's story, we've had her on the show to talk about it before, but to whet your appetite, uh, to get a sense of this really interesting story, maybe you just give us an idea of, of when you found out how much abortion had impacted your life? Gosh, yeah, that that moment was absolutely, well, I felt like the room was spinning and my life was out of control and like I was having this out-of-body experience um, as I sat face-to-face with my birth mother and she told me uh, when I was 21 years old, after I searched for her through my adoption agency, she told me that she had been pregnant at 13 years old and she had been given one choice by her parents and that was to have an abortion. And so my birth mother went and had a DNE abortion procedure that day and they told her that her life would go back to normal. Um, but she went home and Uh, Things didn't go back to normal. She said she went back to the doctor a few weeks later and they told her that, oops, she had actually been pregnant with twins and they had missed my body, but they had successfully aborted my twin. And my birth mother was actually driven out of state to another abortion clinic to have a second abortion, which should have successfully ended my life as well. But the doctors turned her away because the uh, abortion procedure had ripped the amniotic sac that I was in. And so she had been leaking amniotic fluid for 
few weeks. And uh, so I was born just a couple weeks later. I was born at 30 weeks. I weighed three pounds. I had a dislocated hip and club feet and went through body casts and casts on my feet and harness on my hips to correct these complications for me. And so I, I, I did. I decided to write this book because I think people don't think about this happening. Nobody thinks about the possibility of a baby surviving what happens to that baby. And the reality is um, that there is nothing protecting the baby um, from being left to die after they survive an abortion procedure. And I'm so fortunate that um, I was given proper medical care, but the reality of what abortion is and how it's expanding and how uh, that will pave the way for more babies to survive like I did and Melissa did and Gianna did, um, it's, it's absolutely shocking. And it's something that our culture needs to wake up to. And so I hope that the book will open people's eyes to know um, that abortion survivors are are just as human, just as deserving of life and valuable as every single other child born under different circumstances. We just happen to be um, rejected by society. And I think the reason that we're not hearing about abortion survivors right now, even though there are so many more of us than those of us who are publicly speaking out and writing our stories down for people to read is that you can look at an abortion survivor's face and you can see the humanity of the unborn. In fact, I had a man uh, approach me just a couple years ago at one of my events where I shared my story and he said, Claire, when we look at your face, we're literally looking at your twin. So it's like a window to the womb and we can see what we're fighting for. We can see what abortion takes away that, that um, human child. And it, it motivates me to care to do something because I can see what abortion is when I look at your face and when I say your name and when I hear your story. And I thought, oh my goodness, I hadn't thought of it that way. That is so powerful. And so that's why I wrote the book. And I think that's why Melissa wrote her story down and Gianna wrote her story down so that people can realize that abortion survivors, they're just like you. Um, they're just like me, uh, but they have a story that that needs to be heard because it exposes the greatest injustice of our time, which is the killing of unborn children in abortion facilities. What was it like for you the first time you met somebody else who'd survived an abortion? The first person I met who survived an abortion was Jana Jessen. I um, it was about a year. Well, no, actually. It was within the first year of meeting my birth mother, and she was speaking in San Antonio. I live in Austin, so it was just a quick drive over, and um, I went to hear her speak, and then I I talked to her afterwards, and it was really brief, uh, but it was so freeing just to know that I wasn't alone. You know, we all want to be seen and to be heard and to know that there's somebody like us who can maybe understand some of what we're going through. And at this point in my life, um, when I learned that I had survived an abortion, I felt like nobody around me got it. Nobody asked me if I was okay. And so um, 
I, I was so confused for the first couple of years. Like, what does this mean? I knew that God had a plan. I knew that my story really mattered and could do so much good for women and families, but I still felt alone. And so it was really healing, really um, just, yeah, just healing to meet somebody who had experienced somewhat of what I had, even though she wasn't a twin and she didn't uh, maybe understand what it's like to not only survive an abortion, but also to know that your twin is missing, that your twin was the one who was aborted and, you know, ask the questions that come along with that. And, uh, but, but just to know that somebody else had experienced that and that if it was okay for her, if she had used what had been done to her for good and people, um, lives were being saved and lives were being changed through her willingness to share her story, that maybe I could do that too. What part of your story do you find impacts people the most? Obviously, what makes your story unique to <clears throat> Melissa's and uh, and Gianna's is that that you did have a twin, and I remember in our in our past interview, I think one of the most powerful things you said was that I wake up every day and I look into the face of my sibling that I lost in the mirror, mm. and I remember that really struck me as well because we often wonder oh, who is missing, right? Who is it that we lost? And and then sometimes yeah. we get these glimpses, and we get these glimpses not only through through the stories of abortion survivors, because of course. Um, you're the handful of people who made it and we're not supposed to. So that certainly gives us a glimpse. But in your story, we almost, we get double vision. We get a double glimpse uh, of what it might've been. Yeah, um, my, I, I do. I, I wonder every single day, you know, what my twin would have been like, what we're missing because my twin isn't here. Um, and that is such an impactful part of my story. But I think what I hear the most often from people is just my forgiveness for my birth mother. Um, I remember sitting face to face with her as she shared her story with me, what happened to us and her tears were the, gosh, the most painful tears I had ever seen in anyone's eyes. And it was so heartbreaking for me. And, and I remember thinking, gosh, she was 13 years old. She was told by her mother to have this abortion. She did what any child would do, what I would have done if I was 13. And my parents had told me that abortion was best for me. Um, and, and yet she's lived out this almost like a nightmare situation of, of having her abortion and it being successful, but it wasn't successful. And then reuniting with her child child and having to relive that experience over and over and over again as she was um, in contact with me. And um, in that moment, as I saw her tears and I heard her story and I heard what abortion had done to her and how the adults in her life had truly let her down, I, I knew instantly that I forgave her. And a lot of that has to do with how I was raised. I was raised on love and grace and forgiveness. And um, I knew uh, I'm a Christian. And so I knew what uh, Jesus had done for me, how he had forgiven me so many times in my life. And I knew that was true for her too, that he forgave her and he um, wanted to redeem and restore. And he saw her just like he sees me. And uh, because I was told that all my life about, about people 
And I had been forgiven so in so much in my life. And so um, I chose to forgive my birth mother. And that's when our healing journey began, uh, not just her, but me too. Um, and I think that people come up, women come up to me, men too, who have had abortions and regret lost fatherhood, uh, that women so often come up to me afterwards and they say, Claire, if you can forgive your birth mother, if, if God can forgive your birth mother, like you say, maybe I can forgive myself. Maybe God forgives me for what I've done. And I've even heard it from, from different scenarios. Like my, I was, um, abused or my family was, was terrible to me, or I, um, had this nasty divorce or whatever the situation is. And people can identify with forgiveness regardless of if they've uh, been affected by abortion like I have or like my birth mother has. And so um, that was my hope too when I wrote this book that it would be eye-opening, but the loudest messages would be threads that people can relate to regardless. And that's forgiveness and hope and grace. What would you say is the strangest experience you've had since you made the discovery, but then went public? I remember on during our last interview, you told us about, uh, you know, the moment that you stepped out on stage, told your story in Texas. Um, it was a, a really crazy moment, of course, because this was a, a rare story, but one that you'd never told publicly before. And in that journey from first stepping out, telling your story to having a book, with your story and it published, what's the strangest experience if you can qualify it that way that you've had along the way? <laughs> I've had a lot of crazy, strangest, strange experiences. I'm trying to think of, of a good one. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if you'd qualify this as strange, but maybe the most shocking uh, scenario for me has been um, that when I speak, I, I fully expect that there will be people who don't agree with me, people that are pro-choice, um, people that are part of that movement who will come protest my story and my existence and my humanity and, um, my message. And, uh, that's been, been hard, but very expected, uh, but what 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 wasn't expected for me was this division within the pro-life movement and people who who come protest my events who are actually Christians who actually believe in the same God that I do who who want abortion to end just like I do but uh, for whatever reason they come protest my events. And I think the hardest uh, example of that was when I went to Oklahoma, where my birth mother lives and where I was born, I spoke at a March for Life in Tulsa. And my birth mother came to see me speak and I brought her on stage and I spoke and I introduced her to the crowd and my mom was there as well. And it was this incredible healing, redemptive moment for us. Uh, but I remember the entire time, these men who were Christians, who were pro-life, but they were screaming that we were murderers and that we had blood on our hands. And I was so embarrassed for my birth mother because she had had experienced abortion and it wasn't her choice. And she had been hurt so badly by abortion. And I thought, 
what about all the other women and, and men and families who have been hurt by abortion like we have, who are hearing these things and, and, and they're quoting the Bible and screaming Bible verses at us, but it wasn't reflecting the heart of God. It wasn't reflecting forgiveness and grace and, and redemption like, like I believe every single woman and man and family who has experienced abortion deserves like that. That's what I hope is that they will get to that point where they will forgive themselves and they will uh, experience hope and healing after their abortion experience. And so I think that, I don't know if that qualifies for what you're asking, but I think that's been the most shocking right. to me has been just this division and how we're really hurting ourselves by, by working against each other when all it would take is for us to unite for people of all faiths and, and, people of um, morality and conscience to just unite on the greatest injustice of, of our time. And I believe that we would create a culture that values women and values unborn children and life and, um, and, and walks alongside each other uh, because that's what we need to do. Well, that, that, that group, uh, you were in Oklahoma, right? You, I was. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that the, the group based in Oklahoma refers to themselves as the abolitionists, and the sort of behavior you've described is is kind of their modus operandi. So I'm unfortunately not surprised to hear that. But in in terms of backlash or, or pushback at at events that you do, because Melissa mentioned this when we had her on the show as well, the idea that somebody would protest your testimony is, as you mentioned, kind of like them protesting your existence. What has it been like to share your story and then have people essentially say it, it didn't happen that way or that there's no such thing as an abortion survivor, which might be wishful thinking on their part? What is that back and forth like and what impact do you hope the book will have uh, on that pushback? Yeah, it's been eye-opening, and I can say that the first few years were rocky with that. I, I did get my feelings hurt. I was shocked by some of that. But over time, I've realized that, you know, we're all hurting people. And usually when we're screaming the loudest and being hurtful to other people, it's because we're hurting ourselves. And I think that what's really put it into perspective for me is realizing that the people who are screaming the loudest at my events, the people that are saying that I don't exist because they don't want me to exist. They don't want their narrative to go away or to be disproved through the humanity of the abortion survivor. It, it's I, I believe that it's coming from a place of hurt, that they have been so deeply and terribly hurt by abortion that they have to scream louder, that they have to do it to justify what they've experienced, or they'd have to face the reality of what they did and, and how they were wrong and how it truly hurt them. And so I hope that, you know, people that pick up my book, that they will hear that there is forgiveness, like I mentioned, and hope, and that they don't have to scream. They don't have to justify because there's a God that wants to heal and restore. Now, the book's been out for, for just a very short while now. And again, I, I would encourage all the listeners to, to get a copy of it. Um, it's, 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 I would say one of a kind, but it's, it's one of only three testimonies of abortion survivors that has, have been published in book form. What are some of the responses you've gotten to the book so far for those who have pre-read it, 
for those who have uh, endorsed it. Now, you, I know we were going to do an interview a bit earlier. You were at a book signing, so I know that this book is in people's hands. What are some of the responses you've gotten to it so far? I have... Um... I've heard that it's hard to put down, which is what I hoped for. I'm really excited about that. But I think the response that I've appreciated the most is just from the Christian who has never thought about this. And that was something that was eye-opening for me when I learned that I had survived an abortion was that Christians just didn't know. And there was so much apathy in the church amongst believers, amongst pastors, and that was sending women to suffer silently in the pews of their churches. It was sending women to have abortions in abortion clinics because they felt like the church was not their safe place. It was not a place of grace and, and mercy. And so I, my favorite response has been the Christians who have said, oh, my goodness, my eyes have been opened. I had no idea in your story. Uh, impacted me to know the truth and to want to do something about it. And um, yeah, that's been the most impactful for me. A final question then, where, where can listeners get a copy of the book and or hear you speak? Uh, maybe perhaps not during this period when, when speaking events are, are, hard, are harder to come by. Um, but yeah, just help people, uh, guide people to where they can get a copy of your book and read your story for themselves. Thanks so much for asking. My book is sold at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, basically anywhere you can buy books. You can see all the bookstores at clairecobalt.com, as well as connect with me about speaking events and follow me on social media at Claire Colwell for updates like that. Claire, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my conversation with abortion survivor, pro-life speaker, and author Claire Colwell. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and if you want to check out past conversations like this or sign up to hear more, please do go to LifeSightNews.com and click on the podcast tab where you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.